Welcome to Ginger Tea, the podcast. I'm Raven. Here, we'll discuss all things mental and emotional wellness. It's my hope that everything shared here will pour into your life in the best possible way. This is a space for community healing. So grab your cup and let's spill. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ginger Tea, the podcast. Always so grateful and excited to be with y'all in this way. I'm going to put this reminder at the top of this episode so that y'all can remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I know I sound like a broken record, but what podcaster doesn't? Because honestly, why don't y'all do that? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) but anyway, no, for real though, I thank you for listening, supporting, and I thank you in advance for going to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. So today, we have a special guest, and not just regular special, but like special, special. (laughs) So uh, today we have Tia. Tia is the pastor of Awakenings Movement, my church family. Um, She is also a master meditation guide, an embodied yin and yoga nidra teacher, an amazing listener, a beautiful soul. I know, I could go on and on, but she's here and we're going to have a really good conversation. So before we do that, you know, I'm going to get into our affirmation. So go ahead and get into a comfortable seated position. Sit up nice and tall. You can place one hand over your heart, one hand over your belly, and then repeat this affirmation to yourself. At all times, I'm exactly where I need to be. Just take a deep breath in and let that settle into your bones. At all times, I'm exactly where I need to be. One more time. At all times, I'm exactly where I need to be. So now I'm going to tell you guys what tea I'm drinking. Um, As usual, in the water, I boil ginger root, turmeric root, cinnamon sticks, and a lemon. And then the tea I'm drinking today is by Buddha Teas. It's lemongrass and green tea. Um, This tea is anti-inflammatory, high in antioxidants. Um, It helps with anxiety support and it's mildly caffeinated i don't drink this tea often but i needed a little caffeine today and i don't drink coffee so this was perfect and it's it's really good i always rave about the tea i drink so let me know if you guys use that exact recipe um because it really is a staple for me and it's all i ever drink when i'm drinking tea so let's get into the talk We're talking about saying no to the ego and yes to the heart. And I want to start by saying that I know that ego is not bad, quote unquote. I don't really like the word bad, but just for for today's purpose. I know that ego is not bad and I know that it's just trying to keep us safe. But I also know that it's operating from past experiences and a bit of fear. And for me, that connects directly to my own personal experiences with anxiety and procrastination 
and overall worry. And so, Tia, I thought you would be the perfect person to talk to for this because you just have made so many um, shifts in your life. And they seem heart from the heart, you know, and they seem very like intuitive. And that really is a gift. Like sometimes I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, is this my gut or is this me being scared? You know, like sometimes I really cannot tell the difference. So like what is your relationship with ego, first off? Mm. What's your personal relationship with your ego? That is such a good question. And thank you for having me to just share about these topics. So my relationship with ego is really exactly that, a relationship. And oftentimes it's an opportunity to grow in awareness where I may be acting or making decisions from what could also be known as the false self. And so many times it's like just being aware and almost treating it like a, a separate self, like, oh, hey, I see, you're, I see that you're here. You know, what are you here to show me? Is there something you're concerned about? Is there something you're afraid of? And then almost like just taking hands with that, <laughs> that part of me and being like, okay, girl, like we're, <laughs> I, I see you, I know you're here, let's hold hands and we're gonna navigate this together. So it's very much a relationship. And then in that relationship, in those conversations, what are the responses that come out of that? Like yeah. what? What helps you to make those <clears throat> decisions after you've invited ego in as like a friend? Because you know, ego gets a bad rap, you know? Ego does. And I, from me, and I'm guilty of it too, mm -hmm. you know, especially with all the like information that's out there, you just, and all the like, you know, spiritual language yeah. and stuff that's out there. I've had to like really reel it back in and say, okay, I'm not like, it's not, my ego is not an enemy. No. It's not an enemy, but it's not operating from <laughs> an informed place or like a, a present place. Yeah. It's informed from like things in the past, but it's not, it's not operating from right now. So what, what responses come from that? Mm -hmm. So this is what helps me. And I'm grateful that you miss that you mentioned like ego is not necessarily Ego is not bad. I'm not even going to say not necessarily bad. It's not bad. The language of the ego often sounds like this. It's rooted in identity. Mm -hmm. And it's saying, I am what I have. I am what I do. I am what others think, say, or feel about me. And so I, it, the relationship or the responses when I'm having this internal dialogue are often me questioning, okay, am I being motivated by what I think others may think, feel, or say about me? Which for me, that's often where I land is this, um, if, if you know anything about the Enneagram, like that desire for affection and approval is mm -hmm. something that uh, I'm very strong mm -hmm. <laughs> in. Um, but just having those questions, is that what's motivating me? Um, am I rooting my identity in, uh, you know, um, 
thinking of like something that I may possess, whether that's a physical thing or like a, you know, something that's Mm non-physical. And so if I can sit with it long enough to have that awareness and kind of that internal dialogue, then it's a bit easier for me to navigate through what I may be, what the opportunity may be there for me. So for me, it's often like, well, yeah, you do care what people think, say, or feel about you. And then Mm -hmm. I can kind of go back and be like, all right, well, is that going to be the source of motivation for my action? Or is there a a deeper, more grounded place? Because ego is very shaky. So is there a deeper, more grounded place where my identity is rooted? And can I act from there? Mm, That's so good. You know, and I'm not, I don't, I don't live with you, so I'm not that close to you, but from my experiences with you, like, it really doesn't, I don't get, like, uh, but I guess all of us have some sense of, like, wanting some type of approval in some type of way, but I really don't receive that from you. Like, I feel like everything that I've seen you do, or even that I haven't seen you do, just the way you are in the world feels very, like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But I guess I understand that that takes the work that you're talking about to make yeah. that decision and say, okay, I do care about what people think and then I'm not going to let that like inform my decision. Yeah. So then from that, like once you finally get settled on what the motivation motivation is and then you um, shift to like heart space, what has come out of that? Because I was reading your article, the most recent one, and I, they asked some really good questions. Yeah, yes, that was a fun conversation. It, that's, yeah, it seemed like it was. And then, but just, you know, the story that you tell from, like, you used to be a DJ, <laughs> you worked at Toyota Center, and now, um, you know, you're a pastor at Awakening. So, like, how did your, how did you make those shifts from a heart space? Mm-hmm. Like, what did that, what did that look and sound like? So it looked and felt like and sounded like I was losing my damn mind. <laughs> I felt like I felt like I was going crazy. Um and ultimately it was like this uh like nudge or whisper that just kept getting louder mm. and I would try to ignore it and be like that doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm making good money in this arena. Yeah. You know, if I listen to this little whisper, here, here's the scarcity part. Like, am I going to be able to continue to pay my bills? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can share with you words that were shared with me. Like, right on the brink. It was literally my last day in corporate America. And um, oddly enough, I had been working in this space that no one else was working in. Mm -hmm. And when I got there on my last date, there was a a man in there. And so he was like, oh, sorry, I didn't know anybody was working in here. And I was like, yeah, after today, there won't be. So we had this dialogue. But anyways, what he told me, because I shared with him what I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do feel like called to like ministry or some type of spiritual work. And he was like, you're going to have to take a mortal jump. Mm. Like you're just, you're going to have to make a decision to trust that thing that's like pulling you forward. 
And so it's just been repeatedly over and over like, okay, I trust this thing. Like I trust this thing. I trust that the intelligence that is in nature Mm -hmm. is not exclusive to nature that is also in me. And so I can trust that it it is growing me as well. But yeah, there was a lot of times where I thought I was going crazy. Oh my gosh. So what did you do in the waiting? <laughs> Roll I'm in the like, dirt and cry? Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. I think that's where I am right now. And maybe where I have been for quite some time. Like, And I think I've talked about this on the podcast like lightly, but... My experiences with anxiety have gotten so much louder lately. Mm. And, like, it's scary. They're so scary. And I feel like all of it is connected to, like, what's what I'm about to do next, you know? Because, like, the pandemic happened. I was... I feel like everybody in the world knew how ready I was to leave that job. Mm -hmm. Like, I was so ready, but wasn't, was, like, applying different places, but didn't quite, like, leave. But everything was crumbling at that place. I was getting into it with people. I was getting written up. (laughs) That's not even like me. But I was like, okay, I can, you know? And then the pandemic happened. I got laid off. And I was like, okay, this is great. You know, I wasn't even sad about it. And it was it was good. I did the yoga teacher training and all that stuff. And I felt like I had a clear view. And now it's like, I still feel the view, the vision is still there, but the view is not that clear mm. anymore. And I feel like that I'm in that like space where I'm like, okay, I'm in this waiting space. Like mm-hmm. what's about to happen next? Like, what do I need to do? And I keep thinking like, okay, I'm a, go back and get a corporate job or whatever, which that's not off the table. But every time I think about it, it's like, mm, yeah, you know, but the fear is like, but how am I going to pay my bills? Mm-hmm. How am I going to sustain this? How am I going to sustain that? So like that waiting. Yeah. So what I, in my experience, the um, more helpful question for me as opposed to what is happening next is what is happening now. Mm. Like right now, we're sitting here, we're having conversation, you got your (laughs) tea, you know, we're smiling. So what is happening now? And the next will reveal itself. Yeah. You know? So it's often an opportunity for me to come back to presence, like, what is happening in this moment and the funny thing is like we often want to like look forward to what is next and all of those things that I did in the past the DJing the working at Toyota Center they all serve me in this space so there's a bit of like hindsight where you can look back and be like oh this didn't really uh I thought I, that this wouldn't apply, but it, it was serving me in some way mm-hmm. in this moment. So knowing that if I stay present, that even this moment is going to be part of like that yeah. thread of the past, right? Mm-hmm. So what is happening now? And then also, 
I mean, I don't, my contemplative practice, like my daily spiritual practice is what really helped with um, welcoming how I felt, mm. you know? So if, if I did wake up, and of course I'm human, like there were days where I woke up and I was worried about how the bills were gonna be paid. And there were days where I woke up and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, you know? And so all of those emotions that come with that, really leaning into my spiritual practice of instead of pushing away the anxieties, pushing away the the worry, being like, I'm I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. And then in that anxiety, how does that feel in my body? Mm -hmm. Like are there places where I feel constricted? Are there places where, you know, I feel tension? And so um, letting the feelings of emotion, fear, anxiety become an embodied experience mm -hmm. and knowing that by doing that and letting the energy of that kind of be with me that it will pass. Mm -hmm. It'll seem like it's going to take you over mm -hmm. and like wrestle you to the ground, um, but often it will pass. See, my experiences with anxiety, well, okay, they feel like they start with my body first and mm -hmm. that's where I get anxious it's like I'll be like what's that heart beat there oh mm -hmm. my god I need to go to the emergency room <laughs> <laughs> but literally that's me you know but then it's like I I know that it has something to do with like whatever is like happening in my life right now. I also, I don't know if you believe in like Saturn returns or anything, but like I'm about to turn 30 mm -hmm. and I feel like all of this is like happening because I'm about to turn 30 and like something is just gonna pop as soon as, and I'm just gonna be like, oh, okay, that's what all that was for. <laughs> but right now in that liminal space, I'm like, okay, I feel crazy. I feel crazy. Yeah. Um, so one of my teachers says that like one of the opportunities that is often missed within spiritual communities is teaching people how to be in liminal space. Yes. Like liminal space is such an enriching time. Mm -hmm. And the longer we can kind of linger there, um, the more drawn we are to being present, mm -hmm. right? And it's often a, a place where we can grow. So you may be very well, like, <laughs> you're right, like, waiting for that, like, okay, like, so you can feel it. You can yeah. feel that something is about to shift, right? Yeah. And so being present to the range of things that come with that feeling. Yeah. So what, because, yeah, you are an embodied yin and yoga nidra teacher. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your spiritual practices that help you to stay grounded and help you to like be in such a graceful relationship with your ego you mm. know and just so from the outside looking in it seems like you're very patient with it but I know your own experience sometimes mm. is not patient my family would probably tell you different really? <laughs> my kids I find probably that so would hard to believe because yeah. you know I call you for many things and when you give me advice and when you talk to me it's just so like calm and nice and super understanding you're a really great listener thank you so yeah i have totally different experiences <laughs> than your family 
what are your what are some of your spiritual practices if you don't mind sharing mm-hmm. so i spend at least 20 minutes a day in complete silence mm-hmm. doing what though so the practice is known as centering prayer mm-hmm. and if you think of meditation and you put it on um, like a, a spectrum mm-hmm. on one end of the spectrum is the type of meditation where you use a mantra. Mm -hmm. So what that is doing is giving you a place. Okay, I got to go back because I just thought of something that you asked about. Uh, Don't let me forget this. Okay. But this is important. Okay. So when you talked about like um, thinking that maybe like going to get a job, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm in this like space. Maybe I need to go back to corporate world. I fought that all the time. And so I would do, I would tell myself like, all right, um, like I applied to be a shipped shopper. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you can, uh, you can sell shoes. You can work at a grocery store. There's so many things that you can do. Mm-hmm. So if you're this afraid and like, that's the little action that you need to take to be like, all right, well I can go shop for people. So I have a ship shirt in my house yeah. that, I have, that, I have, that I have never used, you yeah. know? So it's like, anyway, I just wanted to mention that because that's very real. And I think if you do need to take a little action that makes you feel a little mm-hmm. more safe and secure. And I thought then- about that too. Like I haven't, I haven't, it's, it's so funny that you say that because whenever I think about stuff like that, like, um, being an Uber Eats driver mm-hmm. or working part time at whatever, you know, that stuff, that never sounds crazy to me. Yeah. It's only the part about going back to corporate or maybe going back to an office because I'm even open to doing like remote things. Mm-hmm. But I told myself that I wasn't going to do anything that I just really don't want to do. Yeah. And you know what? And now this is all coming back full circle because this is why. I even wanted to talk about this, you know, because it's like in li- in in saying no to the ego and listening to your heart, it does mean that you do things that feel scary and shaky at first, you know, because I was I was talking to one. I remember when I was in college and I learned how to do Marley twists on my hair because mm-hmm. I had gotten them done and they were nice. But I was in college and mm-hmm. I was not going to keep paying that girl to do my hair. So I learned how to do them. It took me three days to do my own hair. But once <laughs> I learned how to do it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing this for other people. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it and it was all cool and everything. And then one person came to me and she was like, all my twists unravel and you do redo them again. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the hairstyle is doing, yeah. but that's not what I want to do. But even after saying, I don't want to do this, I would still do it for some people, but it would be rooted in like, cause I need to make money. Mm-hmm. And so now I think about that and it's like, okay, it won't eat. If it's rooted in money and only that it won't even feel right Mm -hmm. and sometimes if I give in to the ego I'll still do it anyway and feel and be left feeling like depleted still you know for that money that at this point doesn't matter because I don't feel good so I that battle is something where I'm often reminded of in this space like, society's going to say, you need to make money. And, of course, you do. You need yeah. to make money. Like, there are things to, to, you have to eat, yeah. right? Like, you do. 
But what I have learned is that when you operate in a space that is from your heart, you are opening yourself up to knowing what it's like to be provided for. Mm. That there is a difference between provision and a paycheck. Mm. That's so good. We are not at church today. <laughs> Sunday is there is and so what what that does is open up all kinds of ways for you to receive, which is going to get me back to the mantra meditation yeah. thing, mm-hmm. which I sidetracked from. Um, but it opens you up to all types of ways that you can't even imagine that you may be provided for that you just didn't even see. Yeah. Right. So that has happened a lot in my experience when I'm like, all right, this is the last couple hundred in the bank. I'm right. not sure. And then that's me right somehow, now. Yeah. So how, how can, how can we operate in a space of like abundance and mm-hmm. provision? Cause that's what, that's the reality that we're in. Yeah. So speaking of focus and what you were asking me before about the spiritual practice is if you put meditation on a scale and on one end are the types of meditations where you use a mantra, Mm -hmm. what that is engaging is our attention. So you're repeatedly, I don't know, maybe your mantra is peace. Mm -hmm. So you're repeatedly taking your, your will, your intellect, your awareness and you're placing it on this word peace when i sit in silence it is not about attention it is about intention Mm -hmm. and the intention is to consent to god's action and presence within or whatever word you were used for god spirit Mm -hmm. source to consent to that presence that is within me And so it is not about doing anything. It's not about placing my attention anywhere. It's about intending to be moved and motivated by spirit. Mm. So in that silence, of course, thoughts are going to come up. And it's a receptive form of meditation because what what you are allowing is like your stream of consciousness to just go. And when you get um, attached to a thought or to a sensation or a noise, the invitation is to then use a word, but the word is always a symbol to return to your intention. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a practice of letting go and on the scale, this imaginary scale, it's more of a receptive form of meditation. So that's definitely one of my spiritual practices. And then within that is, you know, a welcoming of how I feel. Um, I love to be outside in nature. Mm-hmm. Like I was sitting on, <laughs> this is going to sound so woo-woo and earthy, <laughs> but I was sitting on our back patio earlier this morning after my meditation, and there's this poinsettia there, and we've had it for years, mm-hmm. and I, um, it's now in this big pot, and it's not blooming. And I was like, man, and it's huge. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this poinsettia is, like, so big and beautiful and not one red flower. And so then I um, Googled what makes a poinsettia bloom. 
It has to be in the dark. Oh my gosh. I want to tell you why that is so, oh my gosh, so aligned because I was listening to a podcast last night that, man, I I always listen to this podcast, but I don't always pay attention to like what the exact topic is. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't listened to it in a while, but I was like, I'm going to just listen to this one tonight. And it was, I I think it's called Dropping Gems with Debbie Brown. And I forget the name of the guest that she had on there, but she, the guest is a doula. And she was talking about how like it, how she had been called to do that. And she just had kind of put it off for so long. Mm -hmm. And it was that nudge, that thing that just gets louder and louder. And it's very inconvenient. You don't really know. You don't, you feel under resourced. That's what she said to do it. But you know that, You've been called to do it, so it's just like that faith and that trust. And then I started talking about darkness, mm-hmm. literally talking about And she was like, yeah, darkness is a gift. It's such a gift. It's a gift. Yes. And so, it's kind of like ego, too. Like, it gets a bad rap, but it's where things grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it has, it has to be in the darkness for at least 40 days mm-hmm. before the you get that red bloom. And so, you know... Just having like that woo-woo interaction with the plant on my back patio became an experience of like spirit and and listening. Yes. And so when you're asking about like being being in the liminal space, part of our discomfort of being in liminal spaces is we haven't be, been taught how to be there, and we've been taught that darkness is bad. Mm-hmm. So if we can open ourselves up to have eyes to see what blooms mm. in dark spaces then you start to become more comfortable like okay well I I can't see this like this is yeah this is dark and something beautiful must must be brewing if this is how I'm feeling it's so it's so crazy to get those types of messages just from doing the quote-unquote simple things Mm -hmm. because we've been taught that we have to do so much more to get so much more when mm-hmm. we really need to be doing so much less yes <laughs> to get so much more yeah it's funny that you say the nature because I've been with as crazy as I've been feeling I've been like really connecting to nature too so I was at my aunt's house my great aunt and I was washing my hands and something jumped out of the sink mm-hmm and at first I thought it was like a little critter, like a little roach or something like that. And then I, but it was hopping and I looked and I was like, oh, that's a frog. <laughs> and I was like, okay, because my, I don't have a relationship with frogs. <laughs> so I was scared. I was like, okay, you know, I don't want to kill it, but it has to get out of here, you know? And then it like hopped back behind the to- toilet and I'm like, oh my God, I lost it. That's it. I lost it. I called my dad. I'm like, what do I do? He was like. I'm really asking him, can you come and get in? He's just like, you get it, and you put it outside. And I was like, okay, how do I do that? You know, and he was no help. So I went and got the, I, I called him and had ran out of the bathroom, came back in, and the frog was, like, in plain sight. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, like, usher the frog into, like, the shower so I could see him, and then I go get three grocery bags and a cup. As, as you should. And I put it over the frog, and I'm like, 
scooting it up the wall because I'm scared to take it off the wall because what if it's not in the cup? You know, just all these things. So I get it off finally and I just run outside uh-huh. and just throw it outside. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got a little baby frog out of the house. And then I thought to look, okay, because that's never happened. She, my aunt is 80 years old mm-hmm. and she grew up in that house. So of all the years she's been in that house, Never seen a frog. That's never happened. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I forget exactly what it means, but it's like good a good omen mm. to see a frog in the house. And so not coincidentally, me and Eric, my partner, we've been going to the park and we've been going to Memorial Park and they have the like Eastern Glades or whatever that's called. And when you go over there in the lake, it's nothing but frogs there. Mm. And I feel so connected to them now. And I just see them all the time. The big frogs, it's nothing but. And I'm just like, all I had to do was come to the park. <laughs> <laughs> to, to feel this connection to an an, to a, a, to a animal that, like, I was, you know, not necessarily scared of, but just really never had to interact with. Yeah. And so now I'm just like, okay. I feel, I mean, I don't want another one in my house, (laughs) but I feel so connected to Mm -hmm. them. It's something about nature that really is a part of, or is the spiritual practice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There was someone who was sharing with me, like, how she was spending a lot of time in, like, curious of why she was feeling so comfortable there, and... um, another thing one of my other teachers says is that nature is the first anything that is proclaiming the good news Mm. like before anything was written before anything was spoken nature was singing this yeah message of good news and so yeah of course we feel connected connected yeah Mm -hmm. that's beautiful I could talk all day. My last question is, so in listening to your heart, because I know that I can't be the only one that, you know, just, it's a challenge sometimes to know if it's really my heart speaking or if it's fear. Um, For me, especially learning how to take, how to, take feedback and receive criticism and also knowing when like that doesn't belong to me Mm. and also knowing when there is room for improvement you know like someone says that you did something to them or that you could do something better that I'm in a space now with that discernment where it's like okay do I take on that opinion or do I just listen to it and also know that like that's not mine, you mm-hmm. know? And how and what would my heart say to this? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, in listening to your heart, what are some of the things that it says? Like what are some of the direct messages that you hear from your heart? When making decisions or just period. I guess you're always making decisions. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the way that you ask the question because what you're showing is that 
it is a dialogue mm -hmm. and it's a practice. Mm -hmm. It's something that we often have to return to. And so when people are saying like, well, I'm not sure if that's my heart or if it's my ego, well, practice, mm -hmm. like check in with yourself. Is this mine to take on? And then when you're quiet and you listen, is there a response? Well, yeah, actually, what they're saying you do need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Or is it a clear, like, no? So listening to my heart often feels like, um, hmm. it's almost hard to put into words. It feels good in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say it feels like a yes, but sometimes it feels like a no. Yeah. So, like, I guess maybe just telling a quick story about what it feels like or sounds like is in feeling this call to ministry or, like, spiritual guidance or leader leadership and not knowing what it was going to be, mm -hmm. I immediately had this assumption of like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be going back to seminary mm -hmm. or, I'm, or back, not back to, but I guess I'm going to be going back to school for seminary or some type of like secondary education. Mm -hmm. It was a loud, it wasn't like an audible no, but it was like a very clear no. Mm. And it wasn't something that I heard, it was more something that I felt. Mm -hmm. And so having, and I think we all have had those mo like moments of where our intuition is kind of whispering something to us. And so you begin to like um, nurture that and just learn like, okay, yeah, that it, that's, that feels good or mm -hmm. that, that is mine to take on or it's not mine, but it's a continuous like practice and checking in. Nice. Yeah. That's a great way to just like, you know, put the accountability and the power back into our hands to just know like it is, there's not like some clear answer that you get every time, yeah. you know, and it feels different for everybody. It sounds different for everybody. So, well, especially if we've been conditioned that mm -hmm. things are supposed to look a certain way. Right. And so if you're going against what the conditioning is and against what the, um, you know, the cultural norms yeah. <laughs> are, then you're going to enter this space of really needing to know what your inner voice sounds like, which is what heart is, right? Yeah. Like your inner being, the divine within you, the source within you. So that's where, you know, also having the, the practice of silence comes in because if all that we're ever hearing is other people's voices and what they and comparing ourselves, then how do you even, if you've never had that opportunity to listen within to yourself, then how do you even know what your voice is? So yeah. you have to practice it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really? And I for love my you. tea. <laughs> I, I love know. you too. What a pleasant surprise. I gave you, I gave you, I think I gave you a crown chakra, throat chakra, and calm Buddha blend. Get it all. All of them. I all know. lined Th up. That's been my offering to people, this tea here. 
take some tea. I can't you know? wait to have it. I'll yeah. have it this afternoon. Yes. I love you so much. I love you, too. Thank you. And I'm very proud of you. Thank you. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. <sighs> Before we go. Oh, wait. No. Tell people where they can find you. Oh. So you can find me. <laughs> I feel like I could, oh, like, spit a little rap here like, oh you God. can find <laughs> you were singing before we started recording so no. i don't know but you now do. i'm putting pressure on myself <laughs> so um on instagram i am to be tia mm-hmm. so the number two and then be tia um i do respond to messages there um, that's probably the best way or you can always email me mm-hmm. uh, tia at awakeningsmovement.com mm-hmm. um those are probably the best places okay to find me okay okay before we go you guys know i always leave you with the journaling prompt so i know you thought you were going to get away without one today but that's not happening the prompt today is write a thank you letter to your ego thank it for everything it does to try to keep you safe Then release the ego and write down your heart's deepest dreams and desires. I'll say it again. Write a thank you letter to your ego. Thank it for everything it does to try to keep you safe. Then release ego and write down your heart's deepest dreams and desires. And like I always say, don't rush through this. Don't... um, Just take your time when you're responding to this. Every journal prompt that I offer at the end is not just for you to just respond to it and be done. It's something that you can come back to, something that you can reflect on, and something that you can take with you. So always take your time and listen to yourself and give yourself the appropriate space and time to really reflect on what the prompt is asking of you. And as usual, thank you guys for being here and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Ginger Tea, the podcast. I hope your cup was filled and I hope you'll come back for more. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe if this was something you enjoyed and stay connected at Ginger Tea, the podcast on Instagram. Until next time, be light.